Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Before you sit down, turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to see you. Uh, turn to your other neighbor that you didn't pick the first time and say, it's okay to see you too. <laughs> good, good, good to be here in the house of the Lord. And we want to welcome everybody that's watching online and those of you that are here today. Amen. So let's get right into the Word of God. And how many came ready to hear the Word of God today? That was pretty weak. How many came to hear the Word of God? Okay. Just trying to see where the, which way to go here. I guess right here. No, I'm just kidding. I'd like to speak a message today that really, um, I know for a fact that it'd be challenging to you as a church. And we're getting really close to conference. How many are excited for conference? I'm really stoked about conference, but not only that, I'm really, I'm excited for where God is taking our church, where God is starting to move in the atmosphere of our, of our church and our ministry. And when I say that, I really say with all of my heart is that, you know, every time I talk to pastor and I talk to pastor Danny and I talk to pastor Anthony, I know for a fact that God is raising up a new generation. He's raising up new folks. He's raising in new people to be able to do more for the kingdom of God. But when I say that, I've seen this and I've seen it in my own life, is that when you feel that atmosphere and you feel that point of where God wants to take you into another level, there's always going to be obstacles in our lives that are going to stop us or try to challenge us of trying to go to the next step of our lives. Now, I want you to understand, everyone in this room here today, and those of you that are watching, you are very vital to what God is doing in our ministry. Every single one of us in this room here today, as we've been hearing for the last several several weeks, the last couple of months, on the health, the healthy church, the healthy body, us as a healthy church, we've been talking about that Pastor Nanny really uh, uh, gave a perfect example of how each and one of us are different, but we need each other in the church. Everyone, in, there's, there's arms, there's legs, there's, there's ears. A lot of people have different, different, if I can honestly say, different talents to be used in our ministry. Not everyone could be on the platform, thank God. Right? I mean, you're like, man, that's for that person behind me. But I'd like to speak to you on the subject, we are the church. Can you say the word we? we. You got to say a little bit louder than that, we. we. We are that church. And if we can serve when no one is looking, God will give you favor when everyone is looking. I want you to understand that. A lot of times in our lives as Christians and a lot of us as individuals, we always want to be looked at. 
We always want to be able to see, you know, we want people to look at us, you know. We want people to look at what we're wearing, what we're doing, how we present ourselves. But every preacher will say this because we've, every preacher will say this is that we, we didn't start on this pulpit. We've all started in the parking lot. I mean, we were having some good times in the parking lot. And even as a PK kid, as a PK kid, when, when your dad has nobody to usher, it's always the PK kids that have to go and usher. Always. But I've learned that it's the most anointing times being in the parking lot because you're, you're a hold of God. You're praying, you're praying for every car that walks by. I, I don't know you, brother, uh, by name, but man, I look forward to every time I drive into this parking lot because he is smiling at every car. Not only our church... But he waves at every car that passes by. And he didn't pay me to do that either. But I'll take a taco. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. But I love the fact that, that his ministry, he takes it very important of knowing that as he is standing out there, he is waving at every car. He is throwing the flashlight. I mean, I mean, it's like he's got moves like nobody ever has. It's like, it's like, damn, like, you know, it's like, yeah. And I love it. I love it. Turn your Bibles over to the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, and I, I want to read out of the message translation, and, and I know there's a, probably a different version there, but listen to what it says in the message translation. It says these words. It says, when Jesus saw his ministering, drawing huge crowds, he climbed the hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him arriving at a quiet place, and he sat down, and he taught his climbing companions. Father, we ask in your name that you would just open up our hearts and our ears today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see what's taking place here in this scripture. Jesus has been baptized. He's performed a few miracles. He's turned water into wine. And he is now starting to ask his people to follow him. He told Peter and his brothers to go out and come out of the boat and follow him. And then he went over to the tax collector, Matthew, to follow. He started calling all of these people to come and follow him. because Not because he was famous but Jesus understood what was taking place that wherever Jesus went uh, there was a crowd following him no matter where Jesus went there was a crowd being there and every time Jesus spoke and every time Jesus would go uh, to a certain place uh, he would realize uh, that there was a crowd uh, there was a crowd that would come and surround him uh, and not only just a crowd
crowd, uh, but it was a crowd of spectators. Uh, I'm here today to tell you that as we come into the house of God, uh, and please don't be offended by this, uh, but there are some spectators uh, that just come to church. Uh, there is just a crowd that just comes to church. Uh, spectators that come to church uh, just to see what's taking place, who's here, uh, who's not here, what's taking place, what is the pastor doing, uh, what's about to take place. Uh, and I'm here today to tell you uh, there is probably hundreds uh, upon thousands of people in this entire town uh, that they're walking uh, around following Jesus to find out what miracle is he going to do. They're wondering, what is Jesus going to do now in this town? What is Jesus going to do in this place? Uh, and wherever Jesus went, there was a great movement that was taking place. Jesus understood what was happening around him. Uh, his ministry started to grow, uh, and he realizes that uh, I can't communicate to everybody. In this crowd, uh, we're only eye distance away. Uh, I can't see the person that's behind them. Uh, I can't see the thousands of people who's way back there and what he began to realize is that I have to climb a mountain so that I could be able to see who is following me I need to climb a hillside and those of you who want to climb with me and those of you who want to follow with me see there's a distance there's a difference between following Jesus and climbing with Jesus I'm here today to tell you there's a lot of people who want to follow Jesus uh, just wear the name tag Jesus uh, just uh, say Jesus uh, that you love Jesus uh, but there's a difference uh, of climbing with Jesus uh, because when you climb with Jesus uh, you get a little dirty uh, when you climb with Jesus uh, your tennis shoes get a little dirty uh, when you climb with Jesus uh, there's some expectations in your life uh, that has to change and Jesus understood that if I climb this mountain, I will see who wants to really follow me. And this question I have to, you have to ask yourself is, where are you at in your Christianity? Where are you at in your walk with God? And the second question you have to ask yourself is, where do you want to be? See, I've always realized is that you have to set some goals in your life, not only in your in your in your success of being a, maybe a, if I can honestly say in your job place or in your school you set goals, but I've learned this is that you have to set some goals to be able to be successful in the kingdom of God. Yes, He loves every crowd, He loves every spectator, but that is not our job just to come to church uh, and sit here uh, and spectate and be a crowd. Uh, trust me, we love the crowd. We love the spectators. Uh, but Jesus says, uh, I want you to be a little bit more. Uh, I want you to deny yourself, uh, pick up your cross, uh, and follow me. Uh, see, there's a huge difference of that. Uh, and please don't be offended if you've been sitting in your chair for 20 years uh, and that's all you do. Uh, that is fine. Uh, if you like that, that's great. Uh, but God is saying uh, there are some preachers out there. There are some women preachers out there. Uh, there are some Bible study workers. Uh, there are some people uh, out there that can reach the world. Uh, but it's all about what you want to be able to do and to be able to accomplish in your life. Yeah. 
Jesus says, I've got to go up higher. Those that are willing to climb with me, I'll be able to see. I'll be able to teach, and I'll be able to train. And I've learned if you don't like where you're at, you're the only person that can change it. Yes, God. But if you don't like where you're at, can I tell you something here? You're the only individual, you're the only person that can change what you don't like. Stop blaming the pastor, stop blaming the church, stop blaming the world, stop blaming the government, stop blaming everything that's taking place, stop blaming that it's the gas prices. If you don't like what's in your life, the only person that could ever change in your life is yourself. You have to make a decision in your life to be able to say, I want to change. I don't want to be in the same place that I am right now. I don't want my marriage to be in the same place that it is. I don't want to be broke forever. I want to be changed and be transformed. And the only way that it can happen is between you and God. First thing that we need to look at, and there's three things, three areas of our lives that we have to be honest and to be able to look at because if I could honestly say We've learned this phrase, fake it till you make it, but I've, I've learned this. Stop faking it. Because you're not going to make it. And you're like, well, that's not what the preacher, other preacher told me. For far too long, and we're getting closer and closer to where God is coming for his church, and there is no room to fake it. I've learned that. Amen. The first thing that we need to look at is the crowd. Now, everybody starts as the crowd. When you give your life over to Jesus, it starts with the crowd. Everyone is in the crowd. Every single person starts in the crowd. Uh, we start here because uh, we, we want to be able to hear Jesus. We want to get around Jesus. Uh, and this crowd is spectators. Uh, that's what they are. They're just observers. Uh, they're just witnesses. Uh, they're just people that are checking it out. Uh, before you gave your life over to Jesus, uh, all you were was a spectator. Uh, all you wanted to do to see is to get your mom off your back, uh, your neighbor off your back, uh, and just come to church uh, and see what was taking place. Uh, some of you were a spectator uh, for a very long time before you gave your life to Jesus. Uh, as a spectator, uh, you're just watching everything. Uh, you're watching the song service. Uh, you're watching the minister. Uh, you're watching the pastor. You're watching everything that's taking place. Uh, and when you do that, uh, and when you're in the crowd as a spectator, uh, you can uh, begin to wound yourself, if I can honestly say. Uh, you begin to come a little criticizing spirit uh, where you begin to say, I could do it a little bit better. Uh, I could do things a little bit better. Uh, I could sing better than Raul. Uh, I could do things a little bit better. Uh, when you're in the crowd uh, seat, uh, when you're in that crowd area, uh, all you are doing is expecting and spectating everything that is taking place. But I'm here today to tell you, us as ministers and those that are pastors, we love the crowd. We do. Because that's what people are doing. They're coming to Jesus. We love the crowd. 
You are the crowd. And those of you that are watching online, you are the crowd. These people are close enough to see Jesus, but not close enough to know Jesus. You see, there's a difference of knowing someone hand in hand. You can't say, well, I know Shaq. How do you know Shaq? Well, I went to go see him play ball. I watched him. You don't really know him. All you did was see him. The only person that really knows knows him hand in hand is his mama that's all that knows him I'm here today to tell you don't tell me that you know Jesus because you just come to church you got to have a true relationship with Jesus Christ to know that you know Jesus and because you're in the crowd these people know what Jesus is saying but doesn't know why he said it. See, you could quote all the scriptures. You can put all the fancy scriptures uh, on your social media page, uh, but you don't uh, have a clue of what you just posted on your social media page. Uh, I'm here to declare to you uh, right now uh, that you need to be able to understand uh, where are you at in your Christianity? Uh, where are you at in your ministry? Uh, I came to preach, sir. I came to be able to tell you uh, that there is a a moment in your life that you have to make a decision of where the next step is going to be in your walk with Christ. See, you know what he said, but you don't know why he said it. You can hear it, but you just don't want to have any context behind it. This crowd area as Jesus keeps inviting you, but you keep finding excuses why you can't give everything to him. You want to be in the crowd. You want to be able to be there. But when he says, climb the mountain with me, you're like, no way. I can't get my Air Forces dirty. There's no way I'm going to get everything dirty. I want, I want the food. I want to eat the food. I want to be catered to. But don't don't tell me that I got to go ahead and cook the food. Don't tell me that I have to go ahead and work in the nursery. All I want to do is drop off my bratty kids in the nursery and let somebody else watch them. That's what a crowd does. I hope I'm not offending anybody. I told Pastor, I said... This is a little challenging, a little bit more out of my comfort zone. So I, I did get a thumbs up, okay? You see, I've been in the crowd chair, and I love it. It's good, especially when you're going through it. it you know, nobody, nobody, nobody wants to say amen. Yeah, this chair is good, because it is. The crowd chair is amazing, isn't it? You can come when you want, leave when you want, do whatever what you want. That crowd chair is basically just give me a little bit of Jesus and that's it. It's different. There's different stages. It's like uh, you sit in this chair, you, 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 you're like, give me that Jesus, give me that Jesus. Go ahead, sing me, sing me that song, Raul. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's it. Ah. That's how you do it. 
If they sang your favorite song, you can go to sleep for the entire preaching because you got, you got what you wanted. If you stay in that crowd chair, you run the risk of having a distorted view of what God really wants to do in your life. The second thing that we have to understand is that, is the called. These people, Jesus said, come and climb this mountain with me. What he is saying, he's saying, uh, you, I'm coming, I'm going to climb this mountain that, 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 that you said, and I'm going to answer this call. You've accepted the call, but there's a problem with this called attitude, if I could honestly say. These people have given Jesus their hearts, but not their life. See, there is a difference when you're called you can give Jesus your heart, but I believe was, I forgot who, what minister it was, is there's a difference between just giving your heart and giving your entire life to God. Yes, See, the call is, so there's, when you answer the call, and when you say, God, use me, God, I'm going to take this calling, I'm going to do this, there's some risk in your life that you have to do. You have to maybe move your job that, that's keeping you away from church. It felt like I just hit a nerve on that one. If it's keeping you away to church and you want to be called by God, you have to honestly say, is this job really for me? Is it keeping me away from God? Is it keeping me away from what God wants to do in my life? Then maybe I'll just got to go ahead and quit this job and find something else where God's going to be able to be able to elevate me so that I can go to church, not only on Sunday, but on a Thursday, on a Bible study, on an outreach day. Uh, you got to be able to answer and say, God, you can't, I, I don't want you just to have my heart. I want you to have my entire life. Jesus has my heart. He makes me feel good. I feel great around him. I love him. But don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me, Pastor Soto, that I got to start paying my tithes. I just say him because he picked up the offering. I would have said it to Pastor Anthony. He doesn't have your life, just has your heart. We move around from this crowd perspective in this called perspective. See, one week you want to be called and when you're challenged by something, you go back to the, to the crowd. And sometimes we go back and forth. That's how we look spiritually in heaven. God, it was, God is looking down. He's like, you're on, you were just in the, in the called section. Now you're in the crowd section. Would you just make up your mind where you want to be? I've learned that in the called perspective, in the, you want all the benefits, but you want no 
discipleship. You want the benefits. Well, if I become an usher, I get to get into church earlier. If I get to do this, I get to, I get to cut in line. I, I, but you want no discipline when, well, you want no discipleship when the pastor is trying to teach us certain things in of our lives. Uh, you see, when you get this called perspective, you say, Jesus, bless me, bless me, bless my marriage, bless me, bless me with the job, bless me, bless me, bless me. And when he does it, uh, and when God is saying, okay, now I gave you everything that you want, now I need you to elevate and do this. And you're like, wait a minute minute of Jesus some of you God blessed you with the job and that was the last time he saw you in church these people have enough to change the world but they're unwilling to do what it takes to change the entire world I'm good I'm good don't tell me that I got to give. Don't tell me that I got to work. Don't tell me that I got to do this. Don't tell me. Some people treat church as a buffet. We want to just be fed everything that we want. Everything. But when pastor talks about obedience, talks about certain things, like don't, 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 don't talk about that. When he talks about marriage, loving your wife, loving your spouse, they're like, oh, I got to go to the restroom on this point here. The call is, is, is this part, you know, uh, I'll go to outreach, I'll do community, I'll do all that, but don't you dare have me do an inreach in my heart to change everything in my life. We sit in this called seat, but we're not totally surrendered to Jesus. You want to go higher, but you don't want to take the climb with Jesus. You want someone to actually carry you to the mountaintop. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, says these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These people don't give the access to change. They, don't, they want everything, but they don't give God everything in their lives. The crowd, trust me, we all started there. I love when, when I hear ministers like Pastor Soto and Pastor Anthony, when Pastor Soto says, I've been serving God for 42 years and how God saved me. And I love Pastor Anthony's testimony, how he says, uh, I was uh, saved as a teenager. I was saved as a young adult. Then I left Christ. Then I came back to God. What they're honestly saying is that uh, I've been in the crowd, I've been in the cold, and as we went back to the crowd, but we went back to the cold. 
And I'm here today to tell you as a church and as, a, as we want to be a healthy church and we want to be able to grow and be able to see things take place in our ministry, things take place in our church, uh, we're going to need people in the crowd, uh, but we're going to need people that are going to be able to graduate from the crowd uh, to the called uh, to be able to say, God, uh, I was a spectator, uh, but not anymore, God. Uh, if you want to use me and you want to take me to the next level, uh, I'm going to climb with you Jesus uh, I'm going to walk with you Jesus uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll up my sleeves uh, and if I got to get dirty uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it uh, some of you need to be challenged uh, and to be able to say God uh, what do you want to do in my life uh, what do you want me to do uh, where do you want to take me uh, where do you want me to be able to move in the things of the ministry or in church See, a lot of people want to start at the very top. And what I've learned about always starting from the top is that you lose the application of tapping into the power, tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit, and you choose the power of self. And I've learned that you can't accomplish anything when it's on the power of self. You burn yourself out, you get tired, you get weak, you get heavy laden. Uh, but when you begin to work uh, and following Jesus, uh, when Jesus says, uh, we're going to take another step, uh, we're going to climb a hill, uh, we're going to climb a mountain. Uh, and when you're doing that, uh, Jesus is looking back and saying, yes, uh, he's still following me. It's getting a little tough. It's getting a little bit more difficult, uh, but he's following me. I see him I see him growing and what that does now it takes you to the committed part where are my committed people in this room here today that are willing to say I just don't want to be a spectator I just don't want to be on the call but I want to commit my life to Jesus I want to commit everything that I got to God see there is a difference and it takes a lot of work to get to the committed because when you come to this committed area of your life, these disciples literally had to give up everything in their lives. Everything. They left their homes, they left their friends, they left their families, uh, they left their business, uh, they left people uh, that were there right by them side, and they said, uh, I'm going to be committed to Jesus. Uh, I'm not going to put one foot in and one foot out, but I'm going to follow Jesus. Uh, I'm going to be fully committed to the kingdom of God. I'm going to be fully committed to him. committed Jesus wants committed folks in the church trust me it's good to be in the spectator side trust me a few a few years ago a, a year ago I told you I said I thought I was done 
I came in with a different perspective when I talked to Pastor. And even with Pastor Soto, I was like, all I want to do is just come and just support. I was like, just give me some Jesus. Just, just sing me that song. Just go ahead. Yeah. I mean, this song service is great. Go ahead. I'll be satisfied with that. I'm good with that. But thank God we have a committed pastor. That was pretty weak. Thank God that we have a committed pastor that looks behind all of that uh, and says, uh, you are greater than that. Uh, there's a gift. There's a talent behind that. And there are many of you that are out here today. God is saying, there is a time and a moment in your life where you got to move from the crowd to the called and to the committed. I've been in every one of them. And sometimes I've bounced around from, from one area to the next. But I've learned in all of them. There was times where I just wanted to be in the call, but it was hard to give up everything. It was hard uh, to give up a job uh, that I worked for over 22 years for ministry, not knowing what, like Pastor Soto said, not knowing what my paycheck was going to be. I remember when we gave that all up, my wife goes, what is going to be our pay? I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> that was the toughest. But when it's God, she looked at me and said, okay, God's going to take care of us. And then when things took place, how are we going to pay? I don't know. But you learn from the crowd, the called, and when you're in the committed, you say, okay, God, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's next in my ministry. I don't know what's next. I don't know. I don't know. But if you follow Jesus all the way to the mountaintop, I don't want to be the only individual walking down the mountainside by myself. You'll get it later. See, I want to be where Jesus is at. I want to be where Jesus is at. I want to be where he's at. I want to, I want to be right there by Jesus. And trust me, folks, there are stages in our lives don't try, you know, don't, don't, don't take this, this message and go, okay, well, Pastor, you know, the minister, Ruben Sandoval, he said, you know, uh, get out of the crowd. And so I'm just going to go ahead and start my own ministry. That's not what I said. It's not what I said. I said there are steps in our lives from moving from the crowd to the call. God, where do you want me? Where do you want to place me? Learn, get mentored by our pastor, get mentored by right people who are going to guide you and coach you. And then you move to the, to the committed and you say, man, this is where I know you called me to be. Trust me, it's fearful sometimes. You don't know what to expect. 
You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know what's going to happen. But if you put all your faith and your trust in God, he puts everything into perspective. Everything. The most difficult one was the called. I remember we were, we just had my oldest and my dad said, it's time to send you out. You've been here too long. Like to myself, I was like, I'm your song leader. I'm your head usher. I'm everything. What are you going to do? That was my mentality. And I remember having a brief conversation with him. He says, you're always replaceable. Everyone is. And I remember going to my wife and said, he's going to send us up in the valley to Silmar. She's like, Silmar? Where's Silmar? I said, you don't even want to know. That was difficult. Leaving everything behind, comfort, everything. Thinking that every revival was going to take place the first week that we were there. Car gets broken into. It's like, it was the most difficult one, but it took me to a place where I needed just to be committed to God. And some of you in this room here today, we're stuck. And the only way to get unstuck is actually by you moving. That's it. See, something can bug you in your house all your entire life. That nail that's in the wall, you're like, it bugs you every time you watch TV. But the only way that nail is ever going to get removed in that wall is by you getting up there, getting a ladder, and moving it out. But if you don't do that, it's going to bug you every time you watch TV. And there are some things that are bugging you when you come to church. And let me tell you what it is. Can I tell you? It's conviction. God is telling you there's a next step in your life that you have to do. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you. Oh, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Jesus. This evening, I believe with all of my heart today, God has spoken to many of you in this room today. Some of you are called, and some of you need to make a decision to be able to be committed to him. And I really believe with all of my heart, there are some folks in this room here today who have been challenged by God. It's difficult to move from the crowd to the called. It's difficult to move from the called to, to the committed. 
And there's just some times in our lives where we have to take a step back and say, okay, God, you got to do some things in my life. And, and I'm willing to go back to the call so I can get mentored, so I can go and get, 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 get trained right. I believe with all of my heart that God is speaking to every single person in this church. To be a healthy church, we need to all make a commitment to God. So I come today declaring that greater things are yet to come. I'm coming to you today as, as saying that I see that God is going to raise a new generation in this church. I feel it with all of my heart. God is breathing on this church. He's breathing on this church. It's raining on this church. There's a new generation that is about to arise and uh, be able to take uh, a step forward. Uh, but as an entire church, if we want to be healthy, we need to make a commitment to God. So today, if every single person needs to get out of their chair and make a commitment to God at this altar, then let's go ahead and do it. Uh, as the worship team sings a song of praise and glory, uh, I want you just to get out of your chair and say, God, it's me. I need a, a, a shifting in my life. I need to be uh, moved in my life today. I've been sitting around too long. I've been watching too long, uh, but God, uh, use me. If you could use anything, go ahead and use me, God. <laughs>